you have been cordially invited to the Eternal Slumber Party. Christmas. How are Sounds you doing? Christmas. I am one week. I move one week from tomorrow. That's how I am. <laughs> Merry crisis indeed. Mimmons Crumbers. So I move a week from tomorrow. Uh, so this will be the last time recording in this setting. Next time we record, next clips anyone sees will not have this background. It'll be whatever the fuck I end up with <laughs> when I move. <laughs> Who fucking knows? Exciting. I don't. Uh, the last gift that I bought got here today. So I just have to write the card for that, package is up, and then I am done with Christmas gifts for people. I just have to give them to people. I I still have a little bit of work to do for my uh, Christmas presents for people. I don't want to say too much because I forget when we said this episode's coming out. But It is either coming out the 19th or the I, 26th. I forget when we said. I'm sure it's a next conversation. <laughs> it's um, somewhere in there. <laughs> I... Yeah, it's somewhere. I don't know. Um, I... I will not be in Pennsylvania for Christmas. I will be back in Colorado, my home state. I'm visiting home for Christmas. So I have made the executive decision to make my life harder and get all of my Christmas presents then. So I don't have to travel with presents. Although Dr. Boyfriend and I are going to be exchanging Christmas presents after we get back. Mm -hmm. And he... We do themes each year to make it easier because buying presents stresses him out. Okay. He gives great presents. I want people to know he's never given me a bad present. It's just the act of gift giving is something that brings him stress and anxiety. So to make it easier, we do themes. I get that. And this I understand. Year is games. Okay. Yeah, this year is games. And he is home at the time of recording, so I can't say what it is but i will be mentioning it at some point in the future um i have part of the physical aspect and then the other part i have to learn how to do something that's right i remember you telling me this yeah i told you about it i employed a plan i enlisted some help of some people i am so excited to give them this present <laughs> and also terrified because of what i've just signed myself up for but yeah remember when today you were like i can't go is. down another rabbit hole you're going down a rabbit hole like willingly like you're you're swan diving into this new rabbit hole yeah why do you think i said i couldn't do another one i chose my rabbit holes. I picked them. They picked me. However you want to say it. But um, my earlier conversations before this recording to Margo was sheer rage 
just pure unadulterated rage because my TikTok algorithm is nothing but the song Francesca from Hosier. And I blame Margot for that. What? Today, well, maybe not specifically today, I sent you this, but it's the 10 year anniversary of Take Me to Church. I do love that song. Which means that it's the 10 year anniversary of Hosier becoming father. I'm really happy for him. The 10 year anniversary of stuff is always fun. I love when artists hit 10 year anniversaries. I I was just listening the other day to Florence and the Machines live album they did. Um, they have a recording of when they were in Madison Square Gardens and Florence mentions like, oh yeah, it's been 15 years since we were we started recording music. And I was like, no. Say psych right now. Their first album, Lungs, came out in 2009. And do you know when I started listening to them? When? 2009. No. Because I was a freshman in high school. And I literally listened to Lungs. And I was like, wow, this is my entire identity. And here we are 15 years later. And this woman is my entire identity. <laughs> I I do feel the same way about Taylor Swift. I, I will admit, I do, I'm sorry, I don't have a tattoo to like roll down my sleeve and show a tattoo well, yet. I mean, this tattoo Unless you're has- my mom, in which case, just kidding, mom, don't worry, I'm not getting more tattoos. <laughs> now, hey. mom, fast forward 30 seconds. <laughs> I just lied to my mother. I'm getting more tattoos. Hey, my a mom, few of them will be Taylor Swift related. My mom, hi. Uh, you don't listen to this, uh, nor will you ever, most likely. I'm getting so many more tattoos. Love you. Okay, mom, fast forward another 30 <laughs> seconds. Just don't listen to this part. I am actually planning, I think I want to do a full leg sleeve of flowers and nature. I love that. I think it would be fun. I feel like a leg sleeve would be fun and funky fresh. It would. I want to do patchwork arm sleeves, but I think my leg pieces, I'm just going to have big statement pieces. I don't think I'm going to end up doing sleeves. I think I want to do a sleeve because I have that big flower tattoo on my leg. So I feel like a sleeve could fit very, very well. I have some different thoughts and ideas that I think could lend itself well to a full leg sleeve, um, especially because I want to do bees on my knee. So I have the bee's knees. So I I just remember this, and I remembered I was going to tell you about this. I think I have come up with the sternum tattoo that I want to get. The <gasps> I want to get an under booby. I want to get an under booby okay. tattoo. And I think, because I was like, everybody gets bats. I've seen the moths done. Like, that's that's done. And I had this thought, Yeah. What if I get? I'm also someone who's going to get bats, by the way. I know. But I was like, I want something a little bit different. I want something that feels a little bit more me, a little bit more unique. What if I get an owl skeleton? Ooh. And so it's, You are an owl girl. I'm an oh owl girl. God. I know. So I was thinking like head right under the boob and then like it would go, the body would go down. So it'd be upright. And then the wings would kind of curve like underneath. and But it would just be mm-hmm. like the bones. Spooky. Spooky Anyways, I had that thought. Um, I will be getting tattoos for a while because I have uh, some debts I need to pay down after this move. But soon I, I'm hoping to add more tattoos. But I had that thought. Let's go get tattoos together. Not matching tattoos, but tattoos together. I love you to death. I'm never getting another matching tattoo with another person in my life. What if it's fish for our podcast? I 
love you to death. I'm never getting another magic (laughs) tattoo with Eddie. The only person maybe is my childhood best friend, Brienne, because we have literally known each other since kindergarten. She's the only person. Shout out to Brienne. I love you. Your Christmas gift is literally sitting right here. (laughs) I just have to package it. But she's the only person because we've talked about getting um, you have my sword and my axe tattooed, like matching from Lord of the Rings with each mm-hmm. other so she would have she would say like you have my sword and i would have and my axe and ta- like matching we've talked about this before that was years ago but she's the only person that i would even consider getting a matching tattoo with because at this point vicious stuck with me like i'm not going anywhere it's been 20 what 23 fucking years that she's known me like i, I was i was I literally do. in her little sister's wedding like that's how Aww. much of a family member like I yeah. I have a superstition about matching tattoos. I think if you get a matching tattoo, it is a curse upon the relationship you have with that person. Do you want to know my story about a ma- the matching tattoo that I have? Have I told it to yeah. you? No. Okay, so I wait, 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 wait. Is it is it the uh, zodiac symbol you have behind the zodiac your zodiac symbol? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell the podcast because okay. I vaguely remember. So it. podcast, I have behind my right ear. The shittiest rendition you'll ever see of the Taurus zodiac sign. I want to say I didn't get this tattoo. Drunk Margot got this tattoo. And if you don't know me, I am five and a half years alcohol free. Um, when I was drinking, I was a very different person. And this tattoo is reminiscent of this. So take this entire story with the context. I was drunk. <laughs> so... <laughs> There is a thing where all I, the best stories start. There's a thing where I grew up, the motorcycle Sturgis, or blah, 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 the Sturgis motorcycle rally is near where I grew up. And it's a big motorcycle rally every year. Millions of people come or hundreds of thousands of people come like only a couple of years to reach a million. But one of the things that also happens is a ton of tattoo artists come from around the world or around the country. They set up in this like hall and you can just go in and get tattoos like you just sit down and get tattoos so again context drinking not sober this girl that i worked with who i thought was going to be like one of my besties we'd known each other for about three months at that point she was also a taurus i was a taurus we were like let's get matching taurus tattoos and i'd always wanted to get the constellation behind my ear but i wanted the constellation but drunk me was like sure let's get this i love tattoos i'm fun i'm fancy i'm free I'm very drunk. So we go into this tattoo parlor and we sit down and I get mine behind my ear. She gets hers on her ass. So not only do I have a matching tattoo with this girl that I will explain the context of why this is bad in a minute. Hers is on her ass. I will say I have been wanting to get an ass tattoo of a UFO so that my ass is out of this world. May, May has an ass tattoo. I can't remember what it is, but I know that you'll fucking love it. I'm going to have to ask her after this to remind me what it is. But you should also make sure she's cool with us sharing on the podcast her ass tattoo. I'm pretty sure she'd be like, I don't fucking care. (laughs) I'll tell you. You know what? I'll tell you off the air. I think consent about ass tattoos is important. I'll tell you off the air. But I, yeah. Anyways. So back to the story. So we get this. I will say this is one of the moments I felt like the biggest badass in my life because I'm sitting there. I'm in the chair. Like my head's tilted. He's tattooing. And this massive guy comes in. Massive biker, full leather, head shaved, 
piercings, covering tattoos. He's got his little lady there with him. She's walking in to get a tattoo. And he walks in. He's like, yeah, we're getting we're getting the lady a tattoo, like walking in all buff and macho. And I'm sitting there um, a little buzzed. I'm like, yeah, drilling into my skull. This is fun. And he looks at me. He goes, I could not sit there that calmly getting the like my head tattooed like that. Like you must have the highest pain tolerance. And I was just sitting there like, wow, I feel so cool right now. This big, strong man is saying I look pretty nice getting this tattoo. Like I can handle this. <laughs> um. So anyways, we get these tattoos. It's great. It's fun. The thing that ended up happening with this girl is two weeks after this, she got me fired from my job. That bitch. <laughs> She, like, told some shit to the manager and then, like, yeah, mm. basically was, like, she, not a fan. Yeah, so she got me fired from my job. And then, like, a year or two after that, tried hitting me up, being like, hey, girly, I miss you. And I was like, hey, girly, I want to laser off the matching fucking tattoo we have. <laughs> okay, that makes sense why you don't want to do matching tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> I think Although, what am I going to do? Fire you off of our well, podcast? You're the other person who runs it. <laughs> you can't fire me. I quit. Um, <laughs> I think you're right about I'm the fired. Curse, I, actually, you fire me so I can collect unemployment. <laughs> Hashtag shout out Fran Drescher. Um, I think you're right about the curse, though. I think I think I'm never I'm never gonna get a match. Yeah. I will go in and get tattoos at the same time as someone. I go in, I will go in and get piercings at the same time as someone. I will get things that are theme similarly. I will do that, but I am never going in with the intention of being like, "Hey, let's get matching tattoos." Mm-mm. Brienne, you're the one and only girl. Like, not my future partner. Mm-mm. Nobody, <laughs> fucking nobody. It's doing that. I with feel me. like if I have children, I'll do tattoos with my kids. No. That curse, the curse, they'll never talk to you again. Listen, as someone who is on eh. barely speaking terms with one of her parents. Right. And, but like, and you know what? We got matching piercings. Shit, I was about to say, I think it only applies to tattoos. I think matching piercings, <laughs> a hole in your head is a hole in your head. Yeah, and I got three I'm assuming many that's of the those. only place I had to get a matching piercing with my child. I'm going to be so real with you. I will do matching piercings with people because I can switch out the piercings. I also want my ears pierced a ton. Oh, same. I do not... I will do fake septums. I love a fake nose ring. I There was a period of my life in college I had a shit ton of fake nose rings. I love a fake nose ring. I am too much of a baby for a needle to be in front of my face because if I'm getting a piercing, I close my eyes, dissociate, I go to a different plane of existence, come back when the piercing is done. I say, do not count me down. Don't tell me when it's done. Do not talk to me until it is done. Just do it. I'm going to sit here clenching the table, say nothing to me until it's done. Did I ever tell you about the time that I sat and I got five piercings all in a row? That's so metal. I literally lost four of them and had to get surgery to remove the keloids on one of them. I can send you a picture of that. We can post it if people really want to fucking see it. Oh, God. But it was literally the keloid was fucking Matt. No, I'm sending it to you right now, actually. I'm going to do this right now. Don't. No, I'm doing it. Oh, God. I'm doing it so that you can see it. During my last tattoo, I was reading um, A Court of Silver Flames. Oh, that's right. And it was the Cassie and Asriel Nesta chapter. No! You weren't even so really I was reading getting... the real thing. You were reading the fan fiction. No, no, no. Uh, the part 
where Ness is like imagining it, that part of the book. Oh, that part. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Oh my goodness. Um, so I was reading that part of the book, which is a fairly spicy part of the book, while getting tattooed on my someone thigh. Someone has that kinks. You just unlocked someone. My thing. artist was like moving to like near the back of my thigh, which hurt a lot, and I was like, "This is the weirdest experience of my life." <laughs> I'm suffering for the art. I'm suffering for character development. This is moving the plot along slowly because I don't know what this plot is anymore i've lost it at the point of that at that point of the tattoo but <laughs> lost i'm not plot. gonna look at the picture i'm not gonna you can send it to me i'm not gonna look i can't at it. find it i'll send it to you randomly one day so that you open it up and you're like i'm gonna send it i'm gonna send the podcast link and then i'm gonna send the picture right after it so you have to see the picture <laughs> That's cyberbullying. You are cyberbullying me. <laughs> no, it's fine because I am going to be cyberbullying you with some of the new content coming out in 2024. Exactly. Exactly. I get I get some ground here. Um, you remember that conversation we had where we were like, hey, we can't keep going on tangents all the time? No, I forget immediately because it's not serving my narrative. <laughs> Welcome to our 20-minute tangent about tattoos and piercing um you know what it's fine because i um to introduce good segue because introducing our topics i will be going first this week in our research topic for spooky christmas i'm going to talk about santa claus and krampus yeah so we are doing a little spooky christmas holiday spooky holiday themed episode spectacular a little spectacular a spooktacular A holiday spooktacular. If you will. Um, and we're going to each tell each other a story like we did with um, Halloween. Halloween. We're going to do that. And then also we are going to be kind of readjusting some things starting in 2024. So. Yeah. So after this episode airs, you will not hear from us again until January 2024. Uh, because Margo is moving. I will be back with family. And we are not professional podcasters. This is our side thing. So... Yeah, we have not made a cent, so we can still say we're not professional. Exactly. Um, Once we start making money, I'll cut back on the not professional whatever, but we will also take random hiatuses because we're still human. Yes. Don't sue us. We don't have money. Oh, also, uh, we should address the fact that we were gone for two weeks. (laughs) Oh... (laughs) Okay. No, um, I, we don't know when this is coming out. So it could I'm, just be one I'm week. making the executive decision. This is coming out on the 19th. So it's going to be two weeks. So we had an episode. Had an episode. Gremlins. It was a great episode. We had a wonderful time. Someday when we forget about that movie, we'll re-record it. Yeah. Um, We lost it. The gremlins got us. <laughs> and the funny thing is we were going to make a joke because uh, we are taking another a short little hiatus for Margo to move, me to be Christmas yeah. doing stuff, end of year. Schedules just couldn't hack it. Yes. Um, so we were going to make jokes about the gremlins getting us, and we gremlined too close to the sun. The gremlins actually got us. We lost the audio We have about that episode. Yeah, we have about I'm 10 so minutes sorry. of both of our audio, and then we have the entirety of my audio and none of Kirstie's. <laughs> So it would be a yeah. lot of me talking to myself, which I don't think anyone wants. 
I I just am sad because I made a lot of really good points about movies and 80s movies in particular and And you know what? Certain things about that podcast. I have I have that a episode, that movie. suspicion that when we rewatch it, you're gonna say the same things again. Oh, I still have my notes. I'll probably say the same things again. Oh, perfect. I forgot about notes. Um other side tangent, I just got super into the podcast Till Death Do Us Blart. Oh, in which God. five men watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 every year on Thanksgiving. And How often does this podcast come out? Once a year. Okay. <laughs> okay. Only for American Thanksgiving because two of the five men are from New Zealand. Okay. And I will say what I'm going to do next year with our little changes. Either we're going to watch it and discuss it as our own till death do us blart. Or I will be talking about Paul Blart, Mall Cop, to to you. I manifest. Manifest. I'm going to manifest that we have one of those guys as a guest for that episode. (gasps) Actually, so two of them I'm not very familiar with, but they watch bad movies a lot. And I'll put this in, I don't know, some social media post. Hashtag follow us on threads. You can also put it in the episode descriptions. Um, The three, the reason I found it is the McElroy brothers who I would say are podcast kingpins at this point. So if I got the chance to meet any of them, I would absolutely lose they my They do mind. My Brother, My Brother and Me, right? Yeah, okay. and Adventure Zone. That's right, yeah. I haven't listened mm-hmm. to any of those, but I've heard of that those podcasts, yeah. They also do Sawbones and Schmanners and Wonderful. If you need to pick me up, Wonderful is great. It's just Griffin McElroy and his wife talking about great things, uh, Sawbones is fun because it's medical history, and those are two of my favorite podcasts from them. Ooh, that's fun. I love that. Yeah. So I've been binge listening to Tell Death Do Us Blart. I did make Dr. Boyfriend watch part of. Only part of? Oh, Blart. Um, he did have to finish studying, so I let him go. And then I suffered through it. But I'm definitely joining on the Till Death to Us Blart just in case because I'm manifesting that I can tag team and because it's an eternal podcast. So if one something happens to one of those members, someone else has to take their place and I'm manifesting a spot on that list. You're manifesting being on the Taylor Swift podcast. You're manifesting being on the Till Death to Us Blart podcast. Yeah, but speaking of Taylor Swift podcast, since we are changing our podcast structure, we are introducing Show and Tell next year in 2024, where Margo and I will have a full episode to show and also tell one of the things that we love so, so much, because I have been bullying Margo about books. She has been bullying me about albums. I am a huge Swifty and would love to talk more in depth about Wait, you like Taylor Swift? I know I've been hiding it so well. Yeah, so well. It's not like the past, what, three days. I think you have managed to turn every single conversation we have within five texts back to Taylor Swift. I just went to PAX Unplugged with some friends from my past in Colorado. A friend I've known since middle school. Um, my, fr- my cosplay friend, who I love so, so much. Shout out, Natty. Shout uh, out. She- we love Natty. We love Emily so, so much. They're great people. I I did tell both of them 
at any given time, I'm probably thinking about Taylor Swift. And if you just text me randomly, are you thinking about Taylor Swift? The answer is probably yes. It does not help that time just named her person of the year. So. Yeah. And she ate those raisins. And like, what are you going to do about that? It wasn't just the raisins, Margo. <laughs> I need to state for this entire podcast, I was having the worst fucking day of my you life. You were going through I it and I was sending you memes pairs about of tights. I was running late. I was like all this. I was in such a mess. Horrible day. And I'm texting Kirsty like I am having the worst day. It's so awful. She's like, wow. So Taylor Swift ate raisins. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. I was sending you memes about Taylor Swift you eating sent raisins. Me one... I was giving you no. You sent me one I mean, meme, and it was a meme. meme you made about me being like, yeah. "Wow, I'm having a bad day," and you being like, "So anyway, Taylor Swift ate raisins." Anyway, this is why you should follow our threads because I did start <laughs> posting things on threads as well about eating raisins. <laughs> Can you tell we haven't recorded in a little while because we're just going completely off the rails? It's okay. You'll edit it out and post. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. Like, I don't have enough to do this weekend. I have a whole house to pack. (laughs) (laughs) We've been really stressed this holiday season. It's been a stressful, like, month. I think both of us, I mean... I think it's pretty common in among Americans that I I especially feel among millennial Americans to be like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. Are you seeing family? Good luck, buddy. If you need it, I'm here for you. Solidarity. Like literally every single person of our age group that I talked to was like, yeah, family. Uh-huh. I get it. <laughs> so I think everyone I- can understand. My holiday, I enjoyed seeing my family this Thanksgiving. My mom listens to this podcast. I love seeing family. It was great and fantastic. The entire time I was there, I was angry and upset because I only got one picture of the Phoenix airport. And that's only important for our next marathon. Girl, you ruined your entire Thanksgiving vacation over a meme? For the podcast. Anyway, anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. We've lost the plot completely. We've so lost the plot. So, in 2024. We're padding it out because, yeah. 2024, we're changing content. New structure, new content, new everything. We are going to be different people. Well, it's not entirely new everything. So, we're going to keep talking about movies and books and TV we'll shows have our marathons together. every so often. Yeah. Um, so I think it, correct me if I'm wrong. So we're going to do like a me episode, a together episode, a you episode. Is that what you're thinking? I think that's the plan. Okay. And Um, then we'll do marathons too, but like, so we'll we'll do do an episode where I share something, an episode where we both talk about the same thing like we've been doing. And then an episode where Kirstie shares something. And then that way we can kind of bring everything that we want to bring. It gives us a little bit of a break in terms of research so that we feel like we can do better, more thorough research and bring things that we're, you know, proud of and capable of. And still also have our marathons and talk about what we want to talk about together. And... Exciting stuff. Um, 
January 2024, we are going to be talking about Twilight, the movie series. Ooh. Very excited for that. Then we, after, after we finish Twilight, we will be starting our new structure with show and tell. So Marco will bring something. I will bring something. We will still talk about stuff together, as Margo said. We'll still do our marathons, uh, but that way we can start bringing in other suggestions, talk about more broad topics. We do have some months out of the year planned to do marathons, to do special content. Uh, we are also going to start introducing some new stuff to the podcast, such as tabletop RPGs. As I mentioned, I went to PAX Unplugged. I picked up some really fun games to start playing. I'm going to start being the game master for some some friends, Ooh. some groups of people. So keep your eyes peeled, 2024. After the hiatus, we're coming back and better than ever, baby. Yeah, and again, if you want to share suggestions, please do. If you want to comment, corrections, questions, anything, feel free to reach out to us on social media in our email. We'll shout out all of that at the end of the episode as well and with that should we talk about some holly think, jolly yeah. things i think let's finally get started i don't know how much of this is going to make it into the final all edit, of it baby but... oh hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> thank god i so i have been looking up krampus and i was like "Ooh, krampus there is not that much information i thought there'd be more because krampus is is a figure i would say there's some scary movies we know about krampus he has re-entered our psyche not not much history on him so i thought i would also look up santa claus i think that makes perfect sense i can't wait to yeah. hear about the dynamic duo yeah so for those who are unaware santa claus the man of the hour the guy who is in all red and white, the big beard, he has presents. He comes once a year on Christmas Eve. He knows December when you're 24th. sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He he knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He's made a list. He's checking, He's it, twice. checking it twice. He knows when you've been bad or good. He knows who's naughty and nice. He knows it all. Yeah. Um, other names for him would be Chris Kringle. Father Christmas, St. Nicholas, or St. Nick if you're nasty. If you're nasty. Um, if you're nasty. <laughs> Santa Claus. And Santa Claus, here's what I found out about Santa Claus, is that I should have just researched him because there's a lot of different lore about Santa. Yeah. A lot of it. So I looked up a few things, decided there's actually a lot – He's not spooky. Krampus is spooky, so I want to talk more about Krampus than Santa. Yeah. But there's some variations Santa. of Santa though. It gets a little, gets a little Yeah. Well, okay, you know what? As an adult, I do think the whole watching you year round, little creepy. I mean, yeah, the little creepy. Slave labor of uh elves, of elves. aside. <laughs> but yeah, he lives up in the North Pole with all of the elves and mrs claus and the reindeer and the reindeer he wears red and white and margo do you know why he wears red don't why does he wear red so a common misconception is he wears red because of coca-cola 
Have you heard that before? Um, no, I don't think I'd ever heard that before, actually. So that's what I grew up hearing. Oh, okay. Is the rumor that Santa wears red, not green, because Christmas colors are red and green. Mm -hmm. He wears red because Coca-Cola used him for marketing, um, so they put him in the Coca-Cola red and white. That is false. They just got lucky. They just got real lucky. Okay, with colors. got it. Um, what I was seeing online from BBC is that he wears red because it feels right for Christmas instead of green. It just feels better. He has worn different colors throughout his history. Santa wore different colors throughout his history. He's worn yellow. He has worn green. Um, I think that he is portrayed as green in green more when he looks more like a bishop. But it's yeah. Harper's Magazine that started the whole red suit and the beard and being a fat elf. Really? Guy. Yeah, it was just a magazine in the, um, when was it? The early, I was, well, like 1812, or not 1812, sorry, 1823. So the modern picture that we have of Santa started in 1823? Pretty much, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I guess that in my brain feels fitting, but also kind of old. Right? Yeah. Like, like, it makes sense, but like, also, I'm sure. 1800s were a while ago. And what? I think a lot of. They were a while ago. They sure were. <laughs> but because of how much media we've had since 1823 until now. When the red suit was popularized. Oh, that's a well, how many years red. is that? That's two thousand two hundred years. Yeah, that'd be two hundred years so this year. Two hundred years. Yeah, two hundred was... years of Santa Claus wearing red. Wow. Um, when he was portrayed as a bishop, because Santa Claus is based off of Saint Nicholas, who was a bishop, and that's some wild history. Um, I do not have time to summarize it. And also talk about Krampus, but I do recommend everyone go watch Puppet History uh, from Watcher on YouTube. That will do a great job of summarizing the history of St. Nicholas. Love it. Um, also, because I wanted to hit you with this fact, this fun little factoid. Rudolph. I'm bringing up Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay. You love me, you know. Rudolph was created in 1939. And he was created so that the Chicago-based company, retailer, Montgomery Ward, could sell coloring books. Really? Yeah, so this whole Santa Claus only wears red for capitalism, not true, necessarily not true, because Santa Claus started wearing red because it felt better for Christmas for him to wear red over green. Which, you know what, I... I agree with. I feel like wearing red feels more festive than wearing green for Christmas. And Rudolph was not creative for reindeer games, but rather to sell coloring books. Bit of a side tangent. Did you grow up watching the movie Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Yeah, the claymation one. Yes. The elf who wants to be a dentist. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Fucking love that movie. That movie imprints on my soul. Like, I just, I love that movie. I grew up watching it all the time. 
I love it so oh. much. So the same bar that we went to that was Stranger Things themed is now Christmas themed. So there was a heat miser and a snow miser. And our mutual friend Becky and I, we got into a disagreement over what movie they were from, like what it was called. And it is The Year Without a Santa Claus. And it's also Santa Claus Came to Town. They were in two movies. So were you both right? Each correct and each wrong. Oh. (laughs) Because she was thinking of A Year Without Santa Claus. I was thinking... When Santa Claus came to town. Oh, okay. Uh, but same claymation company. Yes. Absolutely love them. Love Heat Miser, love Snow Miser. But yeah, that is a little bit of fun Christmas I love knowledge for you. Now let's get into Krampus. Let's get into them. How much do you know about Krampus? I love me some Krampus. I don't remember Krampus a ton of the details, but I do know the basics. Yeah, Krampus, also known as the Christmas Devil has horns so krampus has his roots are mostly unknown but a lot of them are associated with germany so it feels like it's a very german krampus feels very german the term krampus feels very german yes he does have the horns uh he's a little bit goat-like yes hence the devil imagery um and he is essentially the anti-santa yep so where Santa comes and it's like, you've been really good. Here's candy. Here's presents. Good job, buddy. We love you. Thumbs up. See you next year. Krampus will kidnap and beat naughty children every year. Yup. <laughs> That's Krampus. Sure is. They are usually portrayed together. They're a dynamic duo. Santa will come and be like, are you, were you good or were you bad? Me or Krampus? Which one are you going to get? Ah, surprise! And usually when they show up is on December 5th. Old Legends, it's December 5th, not 24th. Because Christmas, 24th, I'm going to come out with some hot takes on this podcast that Christianity took from pagan rituals. Crazy, I know. Yeah, that is a thing about... um... I'll actually talk about that slightly too in mine, but Christmas itself, the modern celebration we have of Christmas is actually a combination of Yule and other pagan holidays that all take place within the month of December. So they would show up December 5th on Krampusnacht, which is German for Krampus night. Isn't it Krampusnacht? You know what? I'm going to be so real. I probably butchered that German. I've never spoken German in my life. So the only reason the only reason that I think I know that is because on um, and that's why we drink. I um, did a story about Krampus and Christine is fluent in German. Yeah, I'm sure I butchered it. I'm really sorry. There's going to be some German words. So I think we have two people in Belgium which is their main languages are French and German, I believe. Please don't stop listening because I can't speak German. I will do better if you leave a review. Help Help me. (laughs) Help me. I'm begging for help. But Krampus night. She needs it. So, like I said, Santa, he will leave you presents. Krampus will beat children with sticks. But there's other lore that would suggest that he eats them or he takes them to hell. (laughs) <laughs> which i 
I did get a good chuckle out of that because there's nothing funnier than the idea that a kid is kind of a piece of shit as children are. And so you're really bad one year. So Krampus will take you to hell while your sibling gets a present. (laughs) I thought that was funny. It seems very reminiscent when you think of other German based fairy tales. Mm -hmm. Like that. That seems right on track for... That's pretty on target, I would say, for the Germans. Uh-huh. Like, the Brothers Grimm. For their lore. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, right day, on track. One day I'm going to tell you the original story of Cinderella. We're going to have a good time with I can't that wait. Oh, I love the original story of Cinderella. I love the original so fairy good. tales. I love original fairy tales. Anyways. So, then on December 6th, there is... I'm so embarrassed because it's going to be another German word. Nickelschlag? Nickelschlag. St. Nicholas Day. Okay. So we have Krampus Night and then St. Nicholas Day. mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And on St. Nicholas Day, all the kids would wake up if they got presents. Um, So basically you'd wake up and you're like, oh my God, I'm so happy I survived Krampus Night. I now get to enjoy my Barbie Dreamhouse. Or you got a rod in place of a present, which meant that you were naughty. So I guess instead of getting coal, you would get rods, which is what Krampus would beat you with. Right. So you get the rod that you're going to be beat with. Yes. Is that what you're so telling you me? Either, yeah, so you <laughs> oh survived God. Krampus Night. If you were good, you got a Barbie dream house. If you were bad, you got a stick to be beaten with. Do you have to beat yourself with it? Like, it's like Merry Christmas, beat yourself? Like. I, I think it's kind of like one of those things where it's more symbolic, like when you get coal in your stocking. Okay, got it. So they're not actually feeding children? So I don't think parents would actually beat their children with the rods. On St. Nicholas Day, on Krampus night, you dress up as Krampus and beat the shit out of your kids. You <laughs> Wow, you sold that so convincing. I was like, what? No, that is just me getting in trouble with sponsors. <laughs> cut the whole podcast we're gonna just have to cut the whole podcast out at this point maybe cut that part (laughs) um so you the rod is symbolic essentially you survive krampus night great the idea of krampus was meant to deter kids from being naughty like we said with the grim fairy tales there's a reason why they were so gruesome why they were so violent yeah it was to deter children from bad behavior he there is also lore with Krampus that he is a species. He's not one entity in the same way we have one Santa Claus. He is a whole species. There's a bunch of different Krampi, Krampuses out there. Krampussy, if you will. Krampussy, if you will. <laughs> now, so Krampus is a species. He's not just one entity in the same way Santa Claus is one entity. Okay. He's a whole species. With Krampus, the lore is that he carries sticks from a birchwood tree, which seems to be in reference to the legend of St. Nicholas, who who came back from the dead and beat a bishop to death with birchwood. I think I know that story, actually. Now seems like a good time to interject. I should have put this disclaimer. I did not grow up going to church necessarily i lived in an area with a lot of people who went to church so i have a lot of secondary knowledge on stuff 
I I was not that religious growing up, and I am not religious now. The reason I know this story is not because I went to church. It's because I've heard other lore-based podcasts talk about Santa Claus. I know this story from the Santa Claus history, not from the church history. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like this might be a good time with St. Nicholas uh, to throw some things in. I am not necessarily a church-going gal, and I don't listen to that much lore podcasts, not in the same way that Margot does. So I am unfamiliar with that tidbit. I don't know why I picked Krampus. It just felt right. There's a lot of lore. I'm like, I don't know. So if I do a bad job, maybe I'll do it again next year. We'll see. Anyway, Krampus would wear sheepskin and chains, but that seems to come more like that iteration of Krampus seems to come in with more Christian influence from interesting like for the holiday as opposed to the original pagan influence with saint nick and everything and krampus the idea of sheepskin and chains that seems to be more christian which fits with the devil yeah imagery that we usually see from old christian myths you know what it also makes me think of is the uh christmas story um with the Ebenezer Scrooge and the first ghost that comes to visit him, his old partner. The big thing was yeah. covered in chains. Interesting. Yeah, uh, Marley covered in chains, um, which does seem to be something to one bind the devil. You wear chains um, as part of your punishment. You wear chains. We see yeah. prisoners in chains. It's like part of your punishment. Yeah, that is interesting because I feel like in a lot of different things, when something gets adapted, adopted and adapted by Christianity, the less good side gets that form of punishment. Whereas, like, if we look at this from a more secular pagan standpoint, it was much more of a they work together in tandem, they are of equals. Whereas Christianity kind of makes him like this, like you said, like a devil perspective yeah interesting yeah well even without christian influence krampus seemed to be if you're naughty i'm gonna take you to hell they would refer to it as the underworld or like where you'd be punished or you'd be beaten yeah but to keep in line with german folklore including all of the fairy tales brothers Grimm, and all of that yeah it got really intense and not to throw modern disney into it too much but even frozen 2 does have a thing about lullabies being like warnings and you realize how dark a lot of the things we tell our children yeah are as a warning almost so yeah it is interesting to see how far back that idea stretches that's why i love there's like, not wars and like history like that like i yeah I, that's i love it i like it with fairy tales Although I will admit, I do prefer my uh, Disney sequels a lot with very washed down lore. Uh, my favorite Shaken, Disney not movie stirred. growing up. Yes, uh, my favorite Disney Disney movie growing up was Little Mermaid two. I watched that shit on rewind. I watched Lion King two on rewind. You know what I watched nonstop growing up? What the Little Mermaid. I love Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid was great. Little Mermaid 2? Fucking here's, bops. Here's the thing. Which one has Do the not main talk character to me with, about Melody. 
which one has the main character with red hair and which one has the main character with dark brown slash black hair. Oh my god. (laughs) (sighs) We can unpack that later. Um, Anyway, back to Krampus. Back to Krampus. There's not a source to prove this. But apparently Krampus was influenced by other cultures. Things changed. As things do with Christmas lore, as we just talked about with Santa Claus, some places would show him in very bishop-like attire, in green, as an elf, as someone who's plus size, who's not. Yeah. The idea of what Santa looked like changed over time with different Oh, Santa, not Krampus. I thought you were saying they also showed Santa or Krampus like that. Okay, never mind. So Krampus did not look like Santa. He never looked like Santa. But the idea of what Krampus looked like, what he was, if he's a species, if he's an one singular entity, that did change with each culture that kind of touched on him. Mm-hmm. Okay. As folklore usually does. As it's passed down, it changes to fit the culture, to fit the time, to fit the warning you need. So we are going to time travel back to 1890 when austrian postcards are all the rage austrian what? everyone wants an austrian postcard an austrian Ooh. postcard okay now government they are not controlling these they are like you know what postcards do your thing have fun so they pop off people cannot get enough of these fucking postcards Interesting. And around Christmas, Krampus cards are starting to be seen all over Europe. People love them. Okay. They would say things such as Bravsin, which is be good, mm-hmm. or Grosvam Krampus, greetings from Krampus. Mm-hmm. And they would have little images to go along with it, like on the fun side of the postcard. So it'd be like terrified kids screaming. There'd be little cartoon Krampuses. But because we live in the real world and we know how people are, there would also be versions of these postcards that would have sexy women dressed up as Krampus. (laughs) That's me. That's my aesthetic. I'm a sexy woman dressed up like Krampus. Instead of instead of four ducks in a trench coat, I'm a sexy woman dressed up like Krampus. Stop it. Ah. This is why Krampus is going to beat you with a rod. <laughs> so these so this is kind of what's bringing Krampus into people's mind. People remembering Krampus because you would see these sexy women dressed as Krampus. There's also that. comical ones, but we don't care about those as much as the ones with sexy women on them. Yeah. Now, we're going to time travel again, so we're jumping back in the time travel machine. Okay. World War II, okay. people not that interested in Krampus anymore. Ooh. You know what? Makes sense. World War II, a lot of things are happening. Afterwards, it's the 50s. It's the 60s. Mm-hmm. So we are now past World War II. 50s and 60s okay all of a sudden folklore and folk culture people are eating it up we cannot get enough of folk culture simpler times everyone's always nostalgic for a simpler time well also that's when so the alien craze started that's true 
unrelated to this topic, but that is correct. I feel like aliens and cryptids are so like connected, though. Like I feel like that yeah. kind of sphere. Kind you of know like- what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm gonna say Krampus is a pretty specific one. All right, maybe for like, aliens. You put them. They're on opposite ends of the spectrum. They're the same spectrum. <laughs> It's the same spectrum. We are on the Christmas Krampus side of the spectrum. So focus up. Okay, I'm here. I'm focused. So that's when there's kind of this revival. People are like, you know what? Remember those really funny postcards that our great great grandmas were super into? That's fun. That's funky fresh. Krampus. Yeah. Why not? Then Krampus runs become to become a thing in Austria and Germany. Yeah, they which did. Which makes sense. Yeah, they did. Which makes sense. Because this seems to be a worldwide phenomenon with folk culture, folklore in the 50s and 60s. So Austria and Germany, they are like, you know what? Let's go back to the good old days. Krampus. Let's beat our children and take them to the hell again when they're naughty. Percy, tell me what so, a Krampus run is. A Krampus run. There are some different versions of it. I like the one where there's alcohol, parades, people are dressed up as Krampus, chasing people around. And then poking them with sticks. Yeah. Because you can't beat people anymore, but you have you can poke them. You can poke You can em. take your Birchwood stick and go poke, poke. You know who would love this? Who? Vlad the Poker. Vlad the Poker would love this. Vladislav the Poker thrived a big during fan. a Krampus run. Big fan of Krampus runs. He's currently in New Zealand trying to get one organized. <laughs> I want to go to a Krampus run so bad. You're on your own. Have fun. So with the Krampus runs, with people dressing up, poking people with sticks, this did tie back in with pagan tradition where men would dress up and scare away the ghost of winter. So this is an old tradition. It fits with the resurgence of we need to preserve our history, our culture, who we are, our folklore. Krampus runs and the idea of dressing up to scare away winter, it really fit. Um, in some regions of Germany, there are celebrations where people will dress as St. Nicholas and then a fleet of Krampuses and angels um, and a guy will hand out presents door to door. Like they are running all over the place. They're all dressed up as different people. There's a St. Nicholas. There's Krampus. There's angels. People are handing out presents. People have sticks to poke other people with. Um oh. Kids will they kids will go up to these people dressed up and say if there's good or bad. They have to recite like poems and tricks. <laughs> I'm sorry, is this Christmas Halloween? Yeah, it's is this especially Christmas, Christmas ween? Halloween. Christmas ween. Yes. Christ me quist Christ ween. Christ ween. Hello Mass sounds better. Hello Mass. Hello Mass sounds better. I like Christmas Ween though. <laughs> Christmas Ween. Um, and if the kids who are doing tricks and poems and all that, if they mess up, then Krampus will come and handle it. They'll take care of it. If they do well, then they get a gift. Oh. Um, in the United States, we tend to go the drinking way with Krampus celebrations. We like to drink. Which a lot of this, um, I did not have time to fully look this up, but a lot of sources I was seeing related this a lot to the Mummers Parade that happens in Philadelphia. 
There was a Krampus run in Philadelphia in 2018, actually. I just was looking up pictures of yeah. Krampus and saw this one, and it was like, this is in Northern Liberties. And I was like, hey, yeah, it's Philadelphia. Wow, look at that. It's in Philadelphia. Wow. Um, so, yeah, if you have time, look up the Mummers Parade. Look up Jason Kelsey Mummers outfit. But, yeah, so that's kind of the the dirty on the quick and dirty on Krampus because there's not that much. That's really all of the information. Every source I looked at repeated the same information over and over again with Krampus. Anti-Santa Claus likes to beat children if they're naughty. Fun traditions have come out of Krampus. That's my... Yay! That's my time. I loved it. I love Krampus. And I love Nordic and Celtic and other pagan-based, like, traditions like that. Like, I just love learning about them. Yeah, it it feels, like, very Germanic. Germanic, that was the word I was trying to think of, yeah. Yeah, Krampus seems to be very Germanic, which makes sense, because I feel like St. Nick, even though St. Nick comes from where is now Turkey, it feels very German. A lot of information we have on St. Nick is German. Yeah. Or at least the most popular versions. Yeah. Of, well, and of Santa come from Germany. Another, like, hot take, a lot of the saints that were indoctrinated were indoctrinated because they were pulling from pagan traditions as a way to get these pagan people into the Christian church. Yeah. So it tracks. It makes perfect sense to me. It makes sense. Well, thank you. That was lovely. I love hearing about Thanks. Things. I I love talking about Santa Claus and Krampus, the anti-Santa. All right. Are you ready for my story? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. I will be very honest. Um, in the Google Drive when I was rearranging some stuff, pulling mm-hmm. some clips, I did see where you said Margot's notes. Yeah. And I almost clicked on it and started reading it. <laughs> I was like, she's never in the drive. She won't look in here. I was wrong. False. I was a fool. Everywhere at all times. I, was I a see. Fool. Th- you cannot. Okay, Santa. It's, so on iPhones, you are able to unsend messages. And a lot of times I will start to see a message before it's unsent because you can also do that on Instagram. I am always on my phone. During the day, I have to use my phone for work. So I am always on my phone. I almost see. I see almost everything and if i don't see everything i see a snippet of everything which is why you're not going to avoid me sending you a picture of my keloids i know it's gonna be icky yeah but i can't can't avoid it i'm always (laughs) on my phone i am chronically online and not by choice my 2024 one of my resolutions for 2024 is actually going to be uh getting off of my phone more so wouldn't it be so fun if we started our first episode of 2024 with like resolutions or manifestations? We should do that. Okay. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me retcon things. Uh, so, I wanted to, for this, I wanted to do something a little bit different. I I hope you enjoy this. So I wanted to draw from an old winter holiday tradition, and I wanted to tell you some ghost stories. 
Oh, fun. So I want to actually give just a little bit of history on this. So the tradition of telling ghost stories has pagan roots with Yule traditions. So people who celebrated Yule would sit around the fire and they would tell ghost stories as a way of bonding and creating memories together. And kind of like how you were talking about when people would dress up to scare away the winter. The Yule log, the ghost of winter. Yeah, the Yule log is burned to keep away winter and to to fight away winter. So it's very similar. But as people would sit around, a tradition that came was telling ghost stories. So with that, I picked a theme for this, and I have two stories for you. Ooh, they they are of the same theme. One of them is fictional, and one of them is real. And I want to tell you about ghost ships. Wait, don't, should I guess which one's going to be real, which one's fake? You're going to be able to guess. Ah, Pretty nuts. clearly. Okay. Well, I'm so excited. I'm still really excited. So, <laughs> so to define what a ghost ship is, ghost ships are ships with no living crew aboard in the ocean. They're also sometimes called phantom ships. And they, they're some of the most popular ghost stories throughout history because so much of our world was built on shipping and so much of our world commerce still does rely on shipping, um, like ocean ships shipping, not air shipping, um, and nautical travel. And so they are mm-hmm. stories that have persisted like since ancient times to modern day. In almost every culture, you can find stories about ghost ships. Okay. So first ship that I want to tell you about is the Flying Dutchman. Oh my god! My favorite Spongebob character! Your favorite Spongebob character. So, the Flying Dutchman is a legendary Dutch ghost ship that is allegedly never able to make port and is instead doomed to sail the seas forever. So, the stories of the Flying Dutchman are thought to have originated from the 17th century during the golden age of the Dutch East India Company. Spoiler alert, this is the fictional one. (laughs) I I picked up on that one. Fictional with an asterisk, though. Fictional with an asterisk, okay? Keep that asterisk I'd say fictional fictional in the same way. Um, I'm trying to think of another good one, and I, I just lost it. But, you know, same way that... Santa is a fictional character, I would say, is the Flying Dutchman. Well, have there been recorded sightings of Santa? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I would drive by not radio towers, but happenstance Rudolph all the time. I'm gonna lose my up. mind. I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> um, Narrow, I think it's Narrow. Uh, has the Santa watch. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, there's Santa watches. Okay, so. So, the Flying Dutchman stories originated in about the 17th century. Reported sightings in the 19th and 20th centuries claimed that the ship glowed with a ghostly light. And the common story and the thing that most people believe is that seeing the Flying Dutchman is an omen of doom. So... It was commonly believed that the Flying Dutchman was a 17th century cargo vessel 
known as a flute. That's spelled F-L-U-Y-T. It's a Dutch word, but it's pronounced flute. So this is a Dutch cargo vessel. The very first reference to the Flying Dutchman was in the printed work titled Travels in Various Parts of Europe, Asia, and Africa During a Series of 30 Years and Upward, written in 1790 by John MacDonald. And the passage that mentions the Flying Dutchman is as followed, quote, the weather was so stormy that the sailors said they saw the Flying Dutchman. The common story is that this Dutchman came to the Cape in distress of weather and wanted to get into harbor, but could not get a pilot to conduct her and was lost and that ever since, in very bad weather, her vision appears. End quote. So, this is the first mention that we've ever had of the Flying Dutchman. And it's a theory that they couldn't get into port and they're, for some reason, now stuck never getting into port. And every time there's bad weather, you you can see the Flying Dutchman. And it's a really bad thing. Several other authors after this made reference to the Flying Dutchman. But it was Sir Walter Scott who was the first author to refer to the Flying Dutchman as a pirate ship. In his work, uh, in the notes of his work, Rokeby, a poem. He wrote that the ship was originally a vessel loaded with great wealth on board of which some horrid act of murder and piracy had been committed, and that the apparition of the ship is considered, quote, considered by the mariners as the worst of all possible omens, end quote. Which I find extra fascinating because he's literally making lore. Like, he's just, yeah, he's just taking this thing and making it and then literally because like when you think of the flying dutchman what's your first thought when you think of the flying dutchman you're gonna hate me it's gonna be spongebob i mean besides that and then okay, followed... what's your second thought pirates of the caribbean there it is <laughs> so like we know the flying dutchman is a pirate ship like it's davy jones ship you know it's it's this yeah. phantom ship that can never port but it was for a long time. It was not even known as a pirate ship. It was just this cargo vessel that just got lost and now can never make port. Which somehow I find creepier than being a pirate ship. I do too. And I think it's because we grew up in places where it was easy to get lost. Mm -hmm. I've not been to South Dakota. But I assume easy to get lost it's out in the corn. wilderness, out in it's the plains. Yeah. Yeah. Colorado, easy to get lost in the mountains and the forest. Like quote-unquote forest and that always scared me as a child which again i think goes back to some of the more dramatic original fairy tales like with hansel and gretel if you get lost you'll be eaten by a witch yeah we know that you're not going to be eaten by a witch who lives in a house of candy but the idea of being lost was something that scared me as a kid yes well and i think too if it's just a vessel that's not a pirate ship there's no reason why it should be being punished Whereas with yeah. a pirate ship, like you you're just like, okay, lost. you did a bad thing. But this this cargo vessel is just, you're just stuck. You're lost. You can't make port. That's scary. It's people just doing their job who yeah. got lost. Yeah. So according to some sources, 17th century Dutch captain Bernard Falk. I don't know how to say that. I didn't look this one up. F-O-K-K-E is the model for the captain of the ghost ship. 
he was known for the speed of his trips from the Netherlands to Java. And he was so fast at these cargo trips that he would captain these ships with that people started spreading rumors that he was in league with the devil because he was so fast. And because of that, he became like the template for this ghost captain of the Flying Dutchman. Spooky. Right? Which I kind of love. And I want to do a little bit further research to see if he relates it all to Davy Jones or if he relates it all to to that myth. I, I would be really curious. Yeah. I did not get that far into it. I stuck with the ship for now. I didn't want to go down that that deep of a rabbit hole. <laughs> so let's talk about some possible sightings of the Flying Dutchman. So there have been various sightings of the Flying Dutchman around the Cape of Good Hope almost as soon as the Flying Dutchman became a published name. And all of these sightings happened during terrible storms. So like almost as soon as it was printed, people were like, oh my God, I saw a ghost ship. And it was this one. Interesting. Um, The second it was published, people saw it. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? (laughs) Surprising. Well, it's, it's, there is this phenomenon that people talk about where like, um, this happens with hauntings too, where people are like, oh, this, this thing happened to me and it was this like poltergeist or this thing and it turns out two weeks earlier they'd seen poltergeist or something like that and there's like if not conscious there's this subconscious like oh you read a thing in passing and you don't know you're pulling from it and then all of a sudden you're seeing this ghost or like you read this thing in passing and you hear someone say oh the flying dutchman it's a ghost ship and then all of a sudden you see a ghost ship so like it and that's how things spread is people are like, oh, I know it's real because I saw it and I didn't know about this. But you might subconsciously know about it. Which I know a lot of haunted locations or active ghost sites usually tend to have some kind of gas leak or poor air quality or there's something in the environment that will alter what you see or hear or think you're hearing. Um, a lot of people who also see ghosts tend to also have some sort of mental illness that relates to hallucinating not trying to discredit people who have seen ghosts i think it's safe to say that ghost hunting is a pseudoscience and that ghost believing in ghosts is very open for debate among people you believe in ghosts a lot of ghost I think that ghost hunting, there is usually a logical explanation. That's fair. I think grief is a very powerful thing. Yeah. As I've learned, Ouija boards are not real. I do think that there are enough unexplained instances where I do not want to say for sure that ghosts do not exist. Yeah, that's fair. But they don't exist Like, I think that they probably exist in a Beetlejuice-esque way where spirits have to be able to move on. If they are stuck here because of unfinished business, they are stuck here kind of thing. Um, I do not think that, for instance, the Stanley Hotel is super haunted. The Winchester House is super haunted. 
if you stand really still in Alcatraz, you're going to see a ghost. Al Capone does not haunt East State Penitentiary. Like, that I'm a little bit more skeptical about, and we need a lot more evidence. But it's yeah. fun to believe in ghosts. And I like to yeah. choose the more fun way of living. I I would agree with that. I think I've had my, I've had a, a ghost experience before, I'll say. Um, but I think that it very much is how much energy you, you put into something. Whether it's it be in your own ghost. head, whether it be exterior, yeah. I think. And I, I'm very on the fence about it. It's something that I think about a lot, actually. <laughs> but it's more fun to believe in ghosts than to not believe in ghosts. So I choose to believe in ghosts. Fair enough. So speaking of seeing ghosts, the most famous sighting of the Flying Dutchman is one that was seen by King George V before he became King George V. And this was while he was traveling on the HMS Bacante on July 11th, 1881. He was traveling with Prince Albert Victor and he and the prince were on the boat, on the ship, that is said, and it's said that they sighted the ghost ship in Australian waters. And so I have an excerpt that is the recounting of this sighting. So, <clears throat> at 4 a.m., the Flying Dutchman crossed our bows. A strange red light as of a phantom ship all aglow in the midst of which light the masts, spars, and sails of a brig 200 yards distant stood out in strong relief as she came up on the port bow where also the officer of the watch from the bridge clearly saw her, as did the quarterdeck midshipman, who was sent forward at once to the forecastle. But on arriving there was no vestige nor any sign whatever of any material ship was to be seen either near or right away to the horizon, the night being clear and the sea calm. Thirteen persons altogether saw her. At 10.45 a.m., the ordinary seaman who had this morning reported the Flying Dutchman fell from the foretop mast cross trees onto the top gallant forecastle and was smashed to atoms. So, to Englishify that, <laughs> at 4 o'clock in the morning, they 13 different people on this ship saw a ship that was lit up with a all red light. You could see all 200, it was about 200 yards. You could see it, at, but as soon as they went to the bridge to clearly see the ship, it was gone. Another important thing to note, there was no storm. So in most of the sightings that happened of the Flying Dutchman are usually stormy nights. It was completely calm okay. at this point. Then what happened after this is that one of the people who had gone to report this the, the crewman who first reported seeing the ghost ship died that same morning when he fell from the topmast of the ship to the deck below. Well, <laughs> that's so unfortunate. Talking about bad omens. So the person who saw the ship almost immediately died. Yeah. Pretty strong bad omen, I'd say. I'd say that's a real bummer. Yeah. So this literally was just fuel to the fire of the idea that seeing the ship was an omen of death like oh i'm sorry you saw the ship and then you fell from the top of like 
sucks to be you. Like, yeah. And the person who's saying this depends on how you feel about the, the British monarchy. King George V. Not well. Was one of the people who said he saw this. Don't know off the top of my head how, you know, well in the brain King George V was, but he's one of the people who reported it. I I also am not as familiar with the King George V. Not sure where he falls in the lineage of the royal family. Yeah. Like, the history of it that I would know. I'm going to be so real knowing what I know about the English monarchy. <laughs> Probably not well. We'll see. Okay, so another high sighting that happened was in 1835 on a British ship when it almost collided with the Flying Dutchman during a storm. It was reported that the ship was approaching at full sail directly towards them and then all of a sudden vanished. The latest sighting of the Flying Dutchman was reported during World War II when a German submarine boat under the command of Nazi Admiral Karl Donitz reported seeing the Flying Dutchman while traveling through the east of Suez. So I think we can all say thank you to the Flying Dutchman for helping defeat the Nazis. Thank you, Flying Dutchman, for helping defeat the Nazis. <laughs> I I just thought that, to me, that felt very much like the reported sightings of Mothman right before 9-11. Like, it has that same vibe. No, flying like, Dutchman, that's just a little too Dutchman recent. The Flying Dutchman is manned by the Mothman. Mothman <laughs> is on the Flying Dutchman. He is Davy Jones confirmed. Uh -huh. He needs a ship to get around. <laughs> the Mothman can fly, but he uses a ship instead. You don't want to be flying over the ocean all the goddamn day. That's a big ass piece no, of water. Pretty, Jesus. Yeah, you got to rest. You got to rest. I completely agree with you. Um, it just felt like it was like one of those things where it was like, you put folklore in a certain time period, you put it in like the time period of like colonization and world exploration. Like you don't put it in World War Two when we have like, yeah. You don't put it in nine eleven. Mothman is not yeah. It's be bopping around New York City. Oh, I'm a Carrie. I'm a Samantha. <laughs> Let me get a Cosmo. That's insane. <laughs> it feels like something that you would put. In ye olden times, in the nineteen fifties, at the latest, yeah, when like we're it's, first sighting aliens, way back when. I also like, love that you this don't put is it with now facts that serve like came out of World War Two, and like all the information that we received from like the different members of the Nazi Party and all this stuff. One of them took the time to report seeing the Flying Dutchman. Yeah, I could see how that would go. Yeah, it's just, just kind of. Yeah, here's yeah. my report. Here's the U.S. Here's England. Here's France. Here's blah, the blah, blah, Suez. Blah. We saw flying Suez. Dutchman. Flying Dutchman. Uh, yeah. Ah, uh, you want to rewind <laughs> on that? Want to no, elaborate sure a bit? Don't. Sure, don't. <laughs> no, we saw the flying Dutchman. That's about it. Uh, fl <laughs> flying Dutchman. Some people died. Um. Yeah, that's about all I have to say on that. Yeah, that's it. Okay, well, well great, soldier. Thank you so much for your contribution. Uh, step this way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, the Flying Dutchman has been named in countless pieces of media and art since this time. Most famously, the two have already been listed. 
Pirates of the Caribbean, made by Disney, and also SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay, I, I just have to say, Flying Dutchman in SpongeBob, so funny. One of my favorites. Every I'm time watching, he's brought up never, is so funny. I've never seen it, so. <laughs> Mr. Crab. Wait. SpongeBob? Like, I've seen You've some- never seen SpongeBob? I've seen, like, some episodes, like, here and there. Like, I know the gist of it. Um, okay, my I'll, mom I'll show you the Flying Dutchman ones. My mom thought that SpongeBob was satanic, so I wasn't allowed to watch it growing up. So, And now I understand. I knew some people who also couldn't watch. Okay, I knew people who couldn't watch SpongeBob or The Simpsons, but could watch Family Guy? Family Guy, not satanic. SpongeBob, Satan. Huh? Yeah, I'm just saying. What? I don't have children, and I do not want to judge parents without having my own children. I will say, as just a member of society, as a member of society to another member of society, my dudes, what the fuck? (laughs) But as someone without children to someone with children, no judgment. Do what's best for your family. Society member to society member. What the Homie, fuck? what? <laughs> Homie, no, bad take, bad take, bad take. Uh, so yeah, that is the history of the Flying Dutchman. I love so it. So now I want to talk about one of my favorite real life ghost ships. Tell me, is it the Mashulu? It is not the Mashulu. Bummer. It is one that I don't think you've heard of. That I I just love the story of it. To me, this ship has a personality. She has a character. She's got sass and pizzazz, and I love her. Is it Queen Mary? It is not. So, this is the SS Bechimo. I don't know her. Tell me all about her. She's a little... I will have to say, I originally heard this story on the Lore Podcast by Aaron Menke. Shout out. Love that podcast. Does an excellent rendition, very you know cinematic storytelling, and that's how I found this, and I just I love it. So the SS Bechimo, 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 Bechimo. So the SS Bechimo was a steel-hulled, one thousand three hundred twenty-two ton cargo steamer built in nineteen fourteen in Sweden and owned by the Hudson's Bay Company. So it was originally launched. As the, you're not talking about something you can't pronounce. It was originally launched as the Angermenelven. Angermenelven. Spelled A N G E R M A N E L F V E N. So that was the original name of the ship. In the lim- I need to admit something on this podcast. When people spell things out loud, I am like a three-year-old child. I'm like, what are you spelling? <laughs> I have no idea. I have to write it down or I have no idea. Yeah. Unless it's T-R-E-A-T-S uh, for treats because that's what we say for my dog. Oh, my God. Okay. So- I, just, I need to admit that to, to everyone. So when you spelled that, I'm like, ah, I got nothing. That's okay. So it was originally launched in 1914 as the Anger Monelven by the Lindholmen's Shipyard in Gothenburg, Sweden. So it's a Swedish-based ship. It was used to trade provisions for pelts in the Inuit settlements along the Victoria Island coast 
of the Northern Territories of Canada. However, when it first started as the Anger Monol Ven, it was used on trading routes between Hamburg and Sweden until the First World War. After the First World War, she was passed to the United Kingdom as part of the reparations by Germany for shipping losses. And this is when she was acquired by the Hudson's Bay Company and renamed the SS Bechimo. In This happened in 1921. So she was one ship. She became another ship. She got a new identity. She's living fast. Love it for her. Love that transition journey. Yes. So... She had nine successful voyages along the north coast of Canada between 1921 and 1931. Then, on October 1st, 1931, at the end of a trading run, she was packed full with furs from these Inuit tribes that they traded with along the Victoria Island coast. And traveling home, Bechimo became trapped in ice. And the type of ice she became trapped in is called pack ice. Real fast, I'm going to explain this to you. So pack ice is a phenomenon that happens when drift ice is driven together into a large mass. Drift ice is sea ice that is not attached to a shoreline or any other fixed object, but is moved by the winds and the sea currents. So it's like up north where it's really cold. It's not part of the coastline. It's just there's pieces of ice floating back and forth everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when it all gets stuck together and creates like this big mass, that's what pack ice is. So Bechimo got stuck in this huge piece of pack ice on October 1st. And the crew left the ship, traveled over half a mile on ice to the town of Barrow to take shelter for two days. So they all left the ship. They were like, we need shelter. We're going to go to this place get shelter when they returned to the ship it had broken itself free of the ice so she was like i don't need you guys i'm free and then they were like okay great so they all loaded back up again started traveling again then seven days later on october 8th it became stuck again and it did not get unstuck this time so on october 15th the hudson's bay company had to send aircraft to receive like Mm -hmm. rescue the crew so 22 of the crew became rescued 15 of the crew members stayed behind because they were like nah we love her we're gonna stay with her we're gonna wait out the winter part of the ship part of the crew part of the ship ship, part part of the the crew crew. part of the ship part of the crew part of the crew (laughs) they were like we're gonna wait out the winter we're gonna stay here with her because the other thing you have to remember too is the entire ship is packed with these furs and that's what they go and they take home and they sell is they're like selling all these furs. Yeah. So there's like, there's so merchandise, there's, there's money valuable, to be had with these furs. Yeah. This is not just like a, we love her. This is a, we love her and her millions of dollars. So. Okay. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. We. Now all these other people left. So you have a bigger piece of the pie. Yeah. So they constructed this wooden shelter nearby and they like mm-hmm. decided they were going to live in this. And they stayed there until November 24th. And on November 24th, there was a massive blizzard. God. And when the storm cleared, the Beichimo was gone. She just disappeared. How do you lose a ship, Margo? Mar- Margo, answer my question. How do you lose a ship? 
She just left. She said, no, 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 it's a joke. It's a question. It's a, it's a reference. It's a joke. It's a question. How do, <laughs> how do you lose a ship? I don't remember the answer. You forget to cherish her. That was a Sweet Life of Zack and Cody reference. Oh, God, I hate you. Okay, but so. Me. I do love you. I, I take that back. I love you. You're That's going in the meme carousel. <laughs> Good. So they assume they were like, well, there was a storm. She's not there anymore. She must be. She must have sunk. She must be done. She's gone. R.I.P. Beachimo. Then a few days later, an Inuit seal hunter was like, hey, guys, I saw your ship. She's like <laughs> over yonder. It's 45 <laughs> miles that way. <laughs> Just, you know, just take a quick jaunt. Yeah, so they tracked down the ship, and they found it. And they decided they How stuck did they get over her. there? They, the storm freed it from the ice, and she went, I'm a free bird. I'm a free woman. I'm a free I woman. I don't need no men. I don't need and no she men. Spelled, you do it. Do you see what she's I mean my when icon. I say she's got character? I love her. I love her. She's the only ship I'll sail. So the 15 men who have been with her, I want to say now, it's they've been on her this entire time. They stayed for like six weeks, hunkered down, waiting for winter. She disappeared. They find her again. And this is what doesn't make sense to me, is they said, okay, well, we're going to pull the most valuable items they can because she's not going to mm-hmm. survive the winter. And I was like, she just survived a storm. What are you talking about? Like, if anything, I would look so at what that do they and be mean like, she's she- not going to survive the winter. She's a ship. She's made of metal. They think that she's going to keep, like, she's going to keep getting stuck. She's going to get st- stuck in storms. I'm like, at, right now, she's not stuck. You could get back on her and direct her. Like, she got herself free and she didn't sink in the storm like you thought she did. Why are you abandoning her? Like, it just does not make sense to me. No, that makes zero sense to me either. Yeah. So they were like, okay, we're going to pull the most valuable items from her. And she was officially deemed abandoned. Okay. So then. So is this crew all men? Hold on. Is this crew all men? Of course it's all men. That would explain it. Very wasteful. (laughs) So. They boy looked for the ship. Said, oh, she probably saying she's not two feet in front of me. And then said, I don't know, this thing that survived that just went that way that I didn't look for probably won't survive. I'm a boy. I know they, things. They didn't even just boy look. They cat looked like my cat looks in his food full food bowl and then goes, no, mom, I wanted the other food. I can't see that food. That's what they did here. Where's the ship? I don't see it. <laughs> And then she survives, gets herself unstuck without the help of any of them. And they're like, she won't survive. Put her down. How do you? She's old and ugly and over the age of 22. Put her down. To a ship. (laughs) They were literally misogynistic to a ship. This is why we need feminism. They made the ship a girl and then said, we don't respect you anymore. Greta, I have her next movie. (laughs) Honestly, though, I would watch a fucking movie about this. Only if Greta Gerwig directs. Yeah. 
And only if Ryan Gosling is Ken playing all of the shit oh. members. <laughs> Not Ryan Gosling. Okay. Ryan Gosling as Ken. And Ken is all of the characters. 100 percent Except for except for Simu Liu's. Is that how you say his name? Simu Liu. Simu Liu. Okay. He can be there. Liu? Liu? Is Liu. it Liu or Liu? I don't Simu. He can be there as Ken. Only in It's only Ken's. It's only the same only actors Ken's. who played Ken's. It's only Ken's. Man this ship. And all of the Barbies play the ship. Yes! Greta. <laughs> Greta! Call us. We have so. an idea. <laughs> okay, so a few days after this, she was found 45 miles south of where she was, again, stuck in ice. She is desperate to get away from these people. They she cannot take a hint. No. This so, is ghosting in its finest. So here's the thing. The men, they've abandoned her. They've gone home. They're like, we're done with her. So now these, we go into a series of random sightings. So she was seen stuck in ice again, 45 miles away from where she was. Then several months later, she was spotted again 300 miles to the east. So so they abandoned the ship. Perfectly functioning ship. Mm-hmm. Abandoned her. Uh-huh. And now she's just out floating out in the wild doing her little ship things. Yes. Where now, is she? Has no one I thought wanted, to put a tracker on her like a turtle? I want to let you know something. Okay. We're going to go through this. We're going to go through this. I'm actually, I'm going to hold this. I'm going to hold on to this. Okay. So. Oh my God. I'm so stressed out. In January of 1932, she she was seen near the shore. Okay. Then in March of 1933, she was found by a group of, oh, I'm going to butcher this. Inupite. It's I-N-U-P-I-A-T. I believe that's a, uh, native to this region group of people okay so they they found her in march of 1933 they boarded her and were trapped aboard her for 10 days in a freak storm then they left (laughs) what then okay on august 11th of 1933 she was sighted 12 miles off of the settlement of wainwright alaska she was boarded by local inhabitants as well as by members of the crew on the MS Trader. They salvaged several items from her and then left. Don't steal from the boat. That's bad luck. In July of 1934, she was boarded by a group of explorers. Okay. As, sep- as you would, urban exploring. Cool, cool, cool. In September of 1935, she was again spotted off the Alaskan coast. In November of 1939, she was boarded by Captain Hugh Polson in an attempt to salvage her, but the creeping ice flows intervened, and he was forced to abandon her again. So at this point, she belongs to the ocean now. The ocean's like, you can't have her. She's ours now. She and the ocean are in love. Yeah, Poseidon said, this is my new wife, and we're like, okay, cool, have her. You guys seem happy together. Yes. So she was then spotted numerous times again over the following years. We're going to move forward to the year of, to March of 1962. 
okay she's seen drifting along the beaufort seacoast by a group of inuits so is, she's is still inuit? like inuit i think it's just inuit okay i think it's inuit so wait so this ship is still functional people can still get on her i would say safely then in 1969, she was found frozen in an ice pack. 38 mm -hmm. years after she was originally abandoned. She floated so around that ocean for 38 years. Remind me what this ship is made of again. This ship is a steel-hulled 1,322-ton cargo steamer. I just find it wild that this ship is functional, not in an ice pack. And people are like, yeah, I'm just going to let this go. Not my circus, well, not my monkeys. They they abandoned her because they didn't think that she would survive the winter. She survived 38 more years and was just and that's without maintenance. floating around. That's without maintenance in winter. People have boats just... in lakes, in lakes. Okay, not even oceans where there's a bunch of weird shit. In lakes can attest to how much upkeep a boat is. Not a ship, but a boat. And, and that so doesn't that even account for ice. Is able to survive. And storms and snow and winter and yeah. And weird ocean things. Yeah. It's it's mind-blowing, isn't it? Insane. So unfortunately. This sighting in 1969 was the last recorded sighting of the Beichimo. In 2006, the Alaskan government started work on a project to solve the mystery of, quote, the ghost ship of the Arctic, end quote, and locate the Beichimo. As of today, she has not yet been found. I... I really hope that she's still out there sailing around. I hope so. I'm and sure by she, now she's had to have sank. If she sunk, she's with the, her love now. She belongs to the ocean. She's belonged to the ocean this whole time. But like. She is the ocean's girl. She's Poseidon's wife. And she is where she should be in the yes, ocean. 100%. But in my heart, I would like to think that she is just in the most random place in the ocean she's just constantly she's somewhere down south sailing <laughs> she's made she's it to taking the south a tropical Pole. vacation <laughs> she wanted to go see some penguins and girl i do not blame you Poseidon's taking her on a world tour we're here for it yeah it's yeah. so this is one of my favorite stories of a ghost ship because it is a real it's a real ghost ship. Like there are so many of yeah. these stories who are like, oh, this ship, you know, it it crashed in the storm, but some days you can still see it. Like, no, this literally was a ship that just floated around the ocean for almost 40 years, completely unmanned. Unmaintained. That's the thing that create like there's a lot of weird in storms. Random in things, unmanned yeah. things that just survive. There are man-made objects on like on land that will just survive when they are unmanned it's the unmaintained part because usually you still have to do maintenance to historic things yeah philadelphia for example the boathouses like the 
you know, like along the Schuylkill yeah. River that have the lights. Those have been shut down for the last few months because they have to maintain the electric system. You yeah. have to put a certain level of maintenance. So for a ship to just survive in the fucking Arctic Ocean for almost 40 years is so badass. And she wasn't a brand new ship. Way to go, either. ship. Way to go. Way to go. Snaps for the ship. Snaps for quality craftsmanship. Yeah. Cra Ooh. Snaps for quality craftsmanship, she first was and foremost. built in 1914. So by the time that she became stuck in 1931, she'd already been a ship for 17 years. Yeah. And then she Damn. went and floated for another 38 years. Like, Which, that's The insane. Titanic was built in, like, 1912. Like, for... For some, you its know, voyage was in 1912. Comparison for people, yeah. So Titanic 1912, yeah, yeah. That ship fucking sank in 1912 because it hit an iceberg. Granted, other side of the United States, going from Europe here, so this very different ice, very different, different ice, uh, also different purpose of the ship. This ship was yes, designed purpose. to run these waters, essentially. Right. So different whatever. But Titanic could not make it through one year, one sailing without no, one voyage. Sinking. They couldn't make one single voyage. They they couldn't do one thing. It was made for one thing, couldn't do it. This bitch survived for 40 <laughs> fucking years unmaintained. Same conditions, like, I'm built different. Fuck you. I'm built different. I will survive under any conditions. Yeah, she really went, oh, these men are abandoning me? They think that I'm going to sink? I'll show you. Titanic allergic to tap water. This, I, I, I can't. I can't. This is amazing. I love this ship. She is my new favorite. She's an icon. We stan her. So, yeah, that is my favorite story of a ghost ship, both in fictional and non-fictional senses. So there is your loved Christmas, it. there's your Christmas ghost stories to me. I don't know why. I just I really get in the mood this time of year for some good nautical horror. And I felt like this was a nice little like way to kind of oddly specific. Like, I know. I don't know why. I just have been in the mood for it. You know, you get all cozy up by the fire, you hear about some, you know, it makes me want to read uh HP Lovecraft. I don't know why. I just want to. Can I read? No, because I have to back at my house. <laughs> but, but yeah, so there's your there's your holiday ghost stories as we sit around the Yule log. Yeah, thank you. Have, I have I thoroughly enjoyed my ghost stories. Good. I'm glad. That was crazy. Isn't I thank you for telling me about shipping. Yeah, I oh, I remember nuts. hearing this nuts. story for the first time, and I was like, I was just sitting there, and I was like, she's still going. And she's still going. Like, I was literally just like, I love this story. This is so funny. Like, because she, it's just, you reach a point where she's like, oh, you can't catch me. And I don't want you to catch me. And I'm here on my own. And I'm an independent woman. Like, it's just, it's so funny to me. <laughs> it's so good. I, yeah. I do love that. I love how they're like, uh, she probably won't make it. And then she's like, bitch, you thought. You thought, and now and that's because the kind you of energy that, you're never getting me back. <laughs> and that is the energy that we should all take forward in the rest of our lives. If they're like, you can't do it, you can't survive, say, bitch, 
watch me watch and me. i love it yeah watch me i love that That's i love it amazing uh, thank you i thought you would enjoy that uh, margo take us out tell us about our social media handles Oh, you can find us at Eternal Slumber Party Pod on Instagram and Threads, TikTok, TBD. That's up to Kirsty and her demons. You can also email us at Eternal Slumber Party Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to, you can send us suggestions, corrections, questions. You can say, hey, hi, hello. You can just overall chat with us you can do that either in our dms on instagram or you can send an email whatever is more comfortable for you you can also be the coolest people in the world just like the sshmo and you can leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you can listen to podcasts if you do leave a review with that five-star rating we'll read it on the podcast and if you listen to us on an app that does not leave reviews like Spotify, send a screenshot of that and send us your review in either DMs or an email. We'll also read that out on the podcast. Uh, five stars only though. You cannot leave another rating and ex a review and expect it to be read on the podcast. We're picky. So we're creating our own yeah. echo chamber. If it's not five but stars, we we're not going to read it. If it has... If it's not five stars, we're not going to read it. If it has any hateful language, we will not read it either. Um, be decent humans. And on be cool, be decent, no bummers. No and bummers. And on that note, if you like shipping ghost stories, send it to your crewmate. Send it to someone who you would survive the Arctic winter and not um, abandon the SS Beishimo. Don't abandon the SS Beishimo. Send it to someone who you would go ghost ship hunting with if you enjoyed this podcast if you hated it send it to your worst enemy and as always have a great fish day or not the choice is yours goodbye happy new year happy new year we'll see you next year, happy new year. see ya <laughs>